Let's bring in Look the great up. Joe Madden. Uh, Book of Joe with Joe Madden and Tom Verducci is a podcast that you can listen to with his info. What? Houston. Seven? Uh, the seven market? New York, LA, Chicago, Philly, Dallas, H- Atlanta, Houston. Good. We all learned that together. And maybe Joe didn't know. Joe, how you doing? I did not. I, I like the markets. Those are kind of big markets. It's good to hear that. Uh, great to see you all. AJ, Eric, how you doing? And Scott, what's going on, man? We're doing great. Love listening to your pod and, and also, you know, seeing some of the other work that you're doing around the sport right now. So thrilled to have you on here to talk things out. Appreciate it. want to start on the manager side. So mm-hmm. fresh news. Bob Melvin is going to be managing the San Francisco Giants. Wanted mm-hmm. to get your thoughts on not just the move for San Francisco, but how unique that is for the Padres to let him go to the Giants after saying he was going to be their guy. I mean, I know you've been through a lot of these discussions in the past. What did you think of that? Well, the moment he was permitted to go talk to them, it means he wasn't coming back. I mean, there's no way that happens. Uh, the guy's already the manager of the Padres. The Padres permit permit him to talk to this other team. How do you do that and then take him back at the conclusion of all that? I had a similar search, uh, circumstance with the Rays when Andrew went to the Dodgers and I became a free agent for two weeks, but similar, but not the same. I mean, I would, I had no intention of doing any of that until there was a, a, a part of my contract permitted me to do so. So then I became a free agent actually during that time, but to be already hooked up as a manager of a team and to give a permission to uh, just uh, to, to interview with somebody else doesn't happen. So the moment I heard that, I said, he's not going back to San Diego. He's going to be the giants manager. Interesting. It, you're right because you can't go into you can't go into a division rival and be spilling all kinds of secrets. Like, hey, what do you think about this and think about that? And then they're like, oh, by the way, we'll, we welcome you back. Thank you, thank you, San Francisco. <laughs> it just it, the way it, it, it's crazy that this came down. But you know, Joe, I don't know how much you watch the show, but someone called this like three weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pat myself on the back again. Stop. <laughs> but I, I do have a question because who uh-huh. would you go to San Diego? If they offered you San Diego, would you go to back to Anaheim? Uh, if they offered you Anaheim? Uh, back to Anaheim. Uh, yeah, why not? Let's go. Let's get crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, let's <laughs> let's just say this. I would I would listen to San Diego, absolutely. Um, I have some common friends with AJ. I spoke actually AJ was in my restaurant in Chicago several years ago when the um, Madden's post was there while I was with the Cubs. We sat at the bar, talked to each other for a bit. Uh, and again, we have some common friends that really speak highly of him. So again, this would be something that, um, you know, based, you know, my experiences and uh, the fact that I'm a little bit vocal about what I believe in, it's going to take the right kind of guy to, to really listen and understand that I am all about what's happening right now, totally. But I also like the idea of once the day begins, um, I want information, I want to be uh, part of a collaboration. But at the end of the day, when you're a manager, you need to do manager things and you cannot rely on other people to attempt to make decisions for you. Um that's it. So yeah, I'd love, I mean, I'd love San Diego. Who doesn't probably one of the more desirable cities in the league. The fan base is outstanding. The ballpark itself. And I could ride my bicycle there often and play some golf. So it, it all fits. Now, one of your pupils, one of your Frankensteins that you made was Steven Vogt. He's going mm-hmm. to be most likely guardians manager. He speaks highly of you when you, mm-hmm. when he played for you, take us into Joe Madden going into San Diego mm-hmm. and interviewing for that job it's a fresh new opening do you go in with your beliefs do you go in with uh what they you think they want to hear do you how does how does that work to make it a successful run you should never go into any any interview trying to um 
tell them what they want to hear, say to them what they want to hear. That's it's never going to work that way. You got to go in there and I'm sure there'd be a lot of common ground, but but they have to know what you think also. Um, and like I said, if, if I had that opportunity, um, pe- uh, people already know this. But again, I'm a, I'm a really good collaborator. And whether it was with Andrew or, or uh, Theo um, and even with Perry, I mean, I, I'm into collaboration 100 percent. The only complaint I had was like the pregame stuff where people would come in your office like 20 minutes before the game and tell you how to use your bullpen. I don't I don't think that's appropriate as an example. So, yeah, it would be um, it'd be a joint interview. I'm certain. I mean, um, absolutely. I would have questions to, to ask. And I know that they would, too. Uh, and of course, to me, it's like, why would you always want to agree on everything? Why would you not have, want to have like a spirited discussion or argument and be a, opposed? I mean, ap- after all, that's where you learn things. You don't learn just by being uh, a- a- agreeable all the time or uh, condescending all the time. That doesn't help anybody. So you want to you want open communication. You want to build relationships. You want to disagree. Um, you know, maybe arguing actually, but at the end of the day, when you go out and you represent your group, you're on one page, you're on one, uh, your, uh, the solidarity, uh, shows up because that's how this should work. Argument, uh, I don't want to use the word dissent, but argument, uh, over a topic. And then you come to a conclusion. And once you do that, we all represent this conclusion. What did you think of the Padres season? Cause obviously last year, they made it pretty far, and this year they missed out on the playoffs. I'm sure you read some of the stories about what was going on there and you know, having discussions in the past with Preller. Like, what do you think happened, and do you think there's something that you know needs to be tweaked? The same thing. Like, if I was sitting there in the interview, I'd be like, hey, what, what do we need to do here? Because the talent is there. No doubt. I, I honestly cannot speak to what happened, but i just say from my perspective, the most important thing would be obviously to get in touch with the lead bulls of the team in the offseason. My lead bulls are the guys that are the most influential within the group, the guys that have the greater cachet with the rest of the group, because that's that six, seven, eight, ten guys like that on a team. I want to make sure that we are operating from the same sheet of music. And with that, um, I think you'd be able to determine exactly what the next step may be and how to make this thing right. Um, so I, I'm, a, I'm into empowering. I'm into permitting other people to do their jobs and Actually, the clubhouse is the player's job more than it is the manager's job uh, or the, ever the front office's job. So these are the kind of things you if you're going to do something like this with this particular team, you got to make you draw your own conclusions through conversation. And of course, you're going to talk to people. They're going to give you other people's uh, verses and what they believe. But you got to, again, almost get ahead of this, because by the time you get to camp, you want to have a lot of this stuff rectified and feel good about the conversations you, you've had. And when everybody walks in the door, this is what we're doing here now in order to get to that that last game of the year and win it. So I'm just talking about the Padres right now. I would do that with anybody. But a team as talented as they are uh, with the quote-unquote superstars that they have, uh, yeah, it's gonna. it would take, um, I think, a lot of, like I talked earlier, open conversation. Uh, I don't even know if the right word is argument, but just absolutely I would want openness. I don't want... Never, please never tell me what I want to hear. God bless it. That is so boring. I really don't like that at all. Um, <laughs> just tell me, tell me what you think, not what you've heard. That's the way I'm going to get better. And I'm going to do the same thing for you. But know that even though I'm telling you what I think and not what I've heard, I could change my mind. If you give me a better uh, logical reason to do things, yeah, I'm in. I'm absolutely in. So, yeah, it'd be an interesting exercise, but it would have to begin in the offseason. So I want to ask you about the angels like Buck Showalter's name was thrown out there and just for him Mm -hmm. and any others, 
what your advice would be, since you're still obviously pretty fresh off working with that organization and how unique it is, what your advice would be for someone who um, could potentially be the next person in a manager role there. And then I got to follow up for you on, on some of the players there. Well, it's typical. I mean, if, if you, uh, it's a big part of it is to coexist, right? You have to go in there and you would want to talk to Artie and John Carpino, as well as Perry and the rest of the group. Um, I went back there. I could tell you this much. I went back there because I'm an angel. I'm a California angel. That's who I am. That's my identity. I think, um, went back there because a big part of that, I wanted to be able to bring it back to what we had been in 2002. And even before that, because I was there when that minor league system was really rolling. And you could talk about Fish, Salmon, Jimmy Edmonds, Garrett Anderson, Gary DeSarcina, Damian Easley, uh, Pauly Sorrento. Personally, you could talk about all these dudes. I was in charge of the minor league system as they came through. So I wanted to go back there and bring it back to that point. And uh, honestly, never really got that opportunity for a variety of different reasons. And I don't want to get into that. But uh, it's like you were talking to me earlier about uh, possibly talking to the Padres. Um, it really has to be a two-way interview. Uh, and the group that's interviewing you has to be willing to give answers in that regard. So um, the big part of that would be to talk to Artie and find out what the overarching plan is there. Uh, besides the ballpark, uh, the, the, the team in Anaheim, also what's going on in spring training and all the facilities in general in Anaheim and, and the upgrades uh, that are necessary there, if they're going to happen or not. I would want to know that. Um, uh, you know, Perry's wonderful. I, I like Perry a lot, actually. I know, um, uh, you know, some things I said afterwards, uh, might have indicated I did not, but that's not true. I, th I really liked work with him a lot. He works, he works hard. I think he's a very good scout. Uh, but it was just, there was just tip, there was just different items among that, that we did not hit well off on and, um, happens. Like I said, you have to have arguments, you have to have discussions, you have to disagree in order to be great. So, um, primarily I would, if I was going in there, I would really want to, um, talk to the owner and find out what's going on there first. And then I would move into the rest of the group. How bad is it for our sport that we don't get to see Trout and Otani at yeah. all yeah. in the playoffs during that time, just like we watched the playoffs last night. Look at what, look at what a guy like Adolis Garcia can do shine <clears throat> on this huge spotlight. And we don't get to see arguably the best two players in the game play together in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. You're right. Um, it shouldn't be that way, but it takes more than two guys. I mean, the rest of the Rangers are pretty good. And the rest of the, um, you know, the, the Astros have been there for several years now because they have a great complementary group and their pitching is very good. And that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, you got two superstars or like Uber stars or super superstars, but you have to complement the rest of the group. The rest of the group has to be functional and work too. And listen, I love a lot of the guys there and a lot, I like a lot of the young guys there too. But uh, the pitching wasn't deep enough to really uh, permit any kind of run into the playoffs or even just to get to the playoffs or run deeply into the playoffs. Uh, the team on the field was always uh, – Trotty got hurt a lot, you know, for the last couple of years, and missing Michael is never a fun thing. Uh, but overall, if you look at it, Anthony Rendon also being injured, uh, it just hasn't – it hasn't meshed. And um, that's – so you could have the bright, shiny objects, man, but if you don't have this – you don't have the caulk and the glue – um, it's not going to work. It's not going to come together. And they need to focus more on the entirety of the situation as opposed to just a couple guys. Joe, you know what I've been doing is just comparing LeBron in the NBA to Otani because he has that status level in our sport internationally right now. And that's why, mm -hmm. yeah, it pains me for the sport to not get to see him on the largest stage where LeBron and someone like that, right, of his status, Giannis, they're always in the playoffs. So the second layer is 
the decision. I mean, this is going to be, in my mind, the biggest free agent sweepstakes of all time. So what do you think will happen? What would you tell Shohei? Because I think for most people, they think he's going to explore other waters because winning is primary and the roster just isn't there right now. So, so what do you think of all this? I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to, he's going to explore the, he should. My God, you, you work very hard to get to this particular juncture in your professional career and the rules are set up for him to do that. So he needs to do that. Um, and he does want to win. Believe me, that's not just lip service. He truly wants to win. Um, the way he, uh, Converts uh, as a as a teammate, he's just so uh, into every every guy on that team is is touched by Shohei on a daily basis. And when somebody does well, he's right there to revel in their success too. He does. He just wants to win. So I I do believe that. I do believe he's going to go to some to a team that in his mind's eye could be an annual contender. Uh, annually get him to the playoffs. Annually given that opportunity to pitch and hit on the largest stage. So the other point I think that. Um, I believe is that when he first got over here, he wanted to be on the West Coast because closer to Japan, obviously, and possibly more of a, a culture um, similarities as opposed to different parts of the country. After being through the league several times and after all the success that he's had, I believe that he'll go anywhere. He will from New York to Toronto to Seattle to San Diego, whatever. He'll go anywhere because I think he's been more Americanized in a sense and he's comfortable with a lot of different things. He knows how this works. He's really sharp. He's really sharp. He doesn't miss a thing, does not miss a thing. Um, and so he'll evaluate it. He'll ask a lot of questions. He'll take his time. He's got great representation. And so I, it's, it really is a coin flip. I just, it's, the money's going to be similar wherever he goes. I think part of it may be the group that wants to, maybe more assurances whether he's going to pitch or not, whether to go over the top. But there's always going to be that outlier that's going to say, you know what? We're betting that you're going to come back and pitch. We're going to pay as though you're going to pitch also next year. Or there may be some incentives involved, but I think the group that uh, chooses to believe that he's going to come back and pitch, it's going to be the group that's going to get him as long as they have the ability to win, which they more than likely are because you're not going to pay that kind of dough just to be somewhat um, competitive. So that's what I think is going to happen. It's see to shiny see. And um, I'm curious because he deserves it, man. He's the best. The best ever, right? I mean, you could honestly say he's the best ever. I don't even know how you could argue that. Yeah, what he's doing, I mean, obviously as a hitter and a pitcher is incredible and unique because you got to experience that, right? Like, didn't it change when he first came to the org with like the once a week and we're going to schedule everything on a calendar? And then it mm -hmm. seems like he's kind of in charge of all of that now because he's a veteran. He knows how things operate. So do you think that will factor into this? I mean, I would imagine any team's going to be like, dude, however you want to do things is cool. Cause it's what it was working for you the past couple of years. Well, it looks, it looks very obvious and, um, and, and the right way to do things. Now. But when I first got there, it was not, I mean, it was like, I wanted to do that from the beginning, uh, having to do both and um, on the same day. Uh, and, and the idea when I first got there was he could not hit the day before he pitched. He could not hit the day that he did pitch. And he cannot hit the day after he pitched. That's three days of, of not having this opportunity to really impact the baseball game. So when, you know, when Perry got in, I had a discussion with him in spring training. I said, listen, uh, how do you feel about this? Because I knew how I felt about it. And he was definitely on board. So we, we got Shohei in a conference room there in Tempe, Diablo, and sat down and said, listen, this is what we think. What do you think? And pretty much the rules where there are no rules, um, what I wanted him to do was communicate with me the day before the day, 
So if you, this is a Saturday game, it's over. We're going to play on Sunday. You need to tell me Saturday after that game, what do you think about tomorrow? So we can make our plan specifically. And at that time, he told me the only thing that he was concerned about, how his, how his legs would feel and that they may get tired. And if his legs got tired, that's when he would need possibly a day off or so, whatever. So anyway, we did. We actually, the first year, there was uh, the Shohei rules weren't in effect. You know, the pitcher still had a, if I wanted to take the DH out of the game, he was the pitcher and um, we would lose the DH in that game. So we had to really manipulate, try to hit him first, try to hit him second to get maximum use out of him as a hitter and then pop him late in the game, get him out and then start playing a National League game. And then the next year it became the Shohei rules. So, um, yeah, he's a different cat. The rules were, what can you do? What can you do the next day? You tell me. You tell me because I've never done this. Did it in high school, like two or three days a week. Big deal. Um, so you tell me this is every day in front of a zillion people. Um, you're having to hit 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. You're trying to strike out guys with your wipeout slider and your, and your plus fastball and your split. You tell me because nobody knows how this feels except you. Joe, uh, I know you're talking about Shohei and you're in deep and you're talking about how hard it was to, to manage him, but what about Trout? We've, we've talked about on here that, you know, Trout – is a great player, you know, not the biggest personality in the world. Would he have the personality to go into the Artie Moreno and say, I want to be traded? Um, I, I think he'd have the personality to go in there and ask specifically, you know, what's going on? What do you think about next year? What, what are your plans? I think he would do that. Uh, to go into demand a trade, it's just an, antithetical to who he is. And I'll say that because, and, and, and take this the right way because he's from the same neck of the woods as I am. He's from a small town in New Jersey, which is practically Pennsylvania. They tried to be Pennsylvania. They didn't quite make it. They ended up in New Jersey. But he's from the small, he's the same kind of town that I'm from where you get your butt kicked if you get too big for your britches, you know. Um, dudes in the town, your parents, your aunts, your uncles, uh, there's so many people involved in it raising you that it really um, – kind of uh, eliminates you from being able to think those things or do those things because you just can't. Uh, you know, I've always told that, you know, be, be humble, do the right things, um, work hard, all the stuff that you've always heard. So when it comes down to demanding stuff, wow, that would be so out of character for him. Uh, my guess would be, like I said, that he would ask questions, but he would not demand. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Understood. I mean, that's, yeah. He would ask questions. Yeah, fine. Okay. Speaking of asking questions, uh, I have two questions for you, and then I have to go to my son's game. So, <laughs> cool, Joe, baby. One, would you have taken yes, Jose Brios out after forty-seven pitches and not given up a hit against the no. uh, Twins? I mean, even if the script, to... even if the script said to do it, there would be no script that said to do that. Um, smart, no, that would smart. be yeah, yeah. That would um, listen. You do do a script before. I always did. This is like this. People acting like it's something new. I got, I got my cards underneath here, like literally underneath here from different games. I got this one from the Yankees, whatever date that was. But anyway, my script's already here. My script's there. My script's on the back. That's every game that I ever worked. You have a script. It's called theory. And then theory, when theory and theory match up and reality match up, man, you're in good shape. But it's rare that theory and reality come together. So I liked having the plan before, during, and after you play the game. Before, during, and after. And you do that every time you play a game as a manager a coach, whatever. So uh, this is theory. So to me, theoretically, okay, you, you had to be heads up maybe the second or third time through with this guy after certain so many pitches, maybe there was an issue there. Uh, and again, it was based on the other team's lineup. Fine. But when the guy's that dominant and he's um, 
He's showing you differently. You just got to step back a little bit and 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 permit this to play out. Uh, so yeah, my theoretically that might have been what had been drawn up before the game. Regards this this heads up at this moment. Coochie coming in the game. The guy's a starter. He's not used to that either. That's the thing about starters this time of the year too. Although I did use Johnny Lester in Game Seven, and I really believe that's the reason why we won that game because Johnny was so good. Um, but you got to be careful with that stuff. You got to be careful. So theory, reality, two different things, um, and you have to be prepared to adjust on the fly. And that's it. It's adjusting on the fly right there would have been status quo. Don't do anything. Now we have a segment coming up that's our most favorite Game Sevens in history. My least favorite was that game you just talked about. So I'll always mm-hmm. hate you for that for letting your team you win admit. that game. Yeah. So thank <laughs> You're you. Welcome. But then You're my welcome. last thing before I go. Why is Doug Eddings yours and mine favorite umpire of all time? Oh, my because God. Doug Eddings is the man as far as I'm concerned, so I'm of sure course, you feel the same. I do. Uh, first of all, I like Doug a lot. He's he's, uh, he's a trip. You could talk to him during the game. I love Doug. I know, but he's made two of the most uh, awful controversial calls in history of my <laughs> involvement in the game. First, it was uh, A.J. Um, deking everybody. Oh, my God. Uh, strike three. Josh Paul catches the ball, rolls it back to the mound. And all of a sudden, A.J. starts running the first base. The fact that Jerry Crawford backed it up, that's the part, because I love Jerry Crawford, too. But that he did not back it up, and, and Doug was uh, Mr. Ambivalent at that time. Nothing happens right there. Then, of course, the next ball is a liner down the left field line. Creedy, homer, yep. uh, double, whatever, uh, run scores, we lose. And then there was another game against the Rays. You're running on second base, and you do like whatever you do, like this the Matrix kind of thing out there. And again, we don't get the call. You end up being safe again. So that one I got kicked out of, I'm pretty sure, because uh, because I was the manager, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember what you told Doug Eddings? Uh, I kind of do. I could use the same language about about him you making can use whatever. He's I'm making you look. Like, yeah, he's making you look fucking bad again. What the fuck are you doing, man? No, you, you're you exactly because I was standing there laughing. You go, okay. you go, Doug. He's fucked you once, and now he's fucking you again. <laughs> and I'm here. It's pretty. You're fucking me because he's fucking you. And you're like, Doug, stop Something letting him like... fuck you. And I'm standing like this at their moisture. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, that's great. probably accurate. That's probably accurate. <laughs> I know. I, and you know what? That's Ugh. such good stuff. I mean, at the time, obviously, awful moments. And um, the thing about you, AJ, you did anything you possibly could. For your team to win. And that can never be denigrated. You cannot get pissed off at a guy that plays that way. And you do. You always did. And that's a big part of why you lasted as long as you did. Um, that in your game calling and the fact that you always threw breaking balls in full counts and nobody ever figured that out. Um, all the <laughs> shit that you did uh, that really pissed me off from the sideline. Uh, but again, the teams that you play on one. And those, those donkey little jam shots you would get with runners in scoring position. Hey, don't be jealous. This. Those count. I know they do. I love them. I love them. I, I advocate for them. I think they're great. Uh, Fuck, in 2002, we, you guys had 100 of them in that series, so we were That's even. right. We did. We did. And that that's similar teams to the old twin teams at that point. That that uh, Angels team was gritty, and that's a great word to use for your – I mean, I was always respectful of, of the twins and what Mr. Kelly did and, of course, Guardy after that. Um, loved the way they played. Played it real. It was real. It's real. It's real baseball by, played by real dudes that uh, played well together, and you knew what to expect. There's a fearlessness about it. I really loved and appreciated that. Hey, Joe, last one for me. Um, your mm-hmm. thoughts on the race season just now, specifically in the playoffs? I mean, they're going to have a new ballpark, but 
they got some negative attention for how the postseason looked there. You know, it was not a good turnout. And I'm wondering if they have the solution or obviously AJ is always like, oh, we got to go to Orlando. But realistically, do you think there is a way Orlando. to get more buzz in Tampa Bay in terms of attendance like the Lightning had? Well, theoretically, the new ballpark, but it's, if, I, don't, I don't see it being built in St. Petersburg. That's not it just doesn't make any sense. The, the primary draw around there are fish. I mean, the place is located in a, where it's located there. You're surrounded by water. There's, there's, there's no humans there. It's all water. People have to, those bridges, those causeways, whether it's the Howard Franklin or the Gandhi or the, the Courtney, Courtney Cox or the, I like to call it the Courtney Cox, but the Courtney Campbell uh, causeway. These are hard to get. You can't get there. You can't get there from here. Uh, even, uh, even coming down from Bradenton, et cetera, it's difficult over the Skyway. I don't see it. I, I don't understand it. I, uh, I love St. Pete. Great place, but it's not a major league city. It's not. It would be, I mean, for me, like, look, when we drive in there late at night, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, you see the skyline and where you're, where you're going after a long road trip in New York or Boston or whatever. It's like, wow, this is, this is not what everybody wants to make it out to be. And that's okay. I'm not denigrating the city. The city's great. And they're really, St. Pete's really thriving. They've done a great job downtown um the restaurants it's a it's a really a city of art there's a lot of uh museums etc the dally museum is spectacular and then of course you got the beaches but it's not the right place to put a big league ballpark you're not going you're going to draw that kind of people regardless uh we we clinched against the orioles al east one year in front of ten thousand people clinched al east at the at the trop i think i mean i still like tampa for the ballpark i do uh down near where the lightning play um not far from maybe even uh, Iwar, uh, that'd be a great spot because Mr. Vinnick has really done a wonderful job there with the Lightning. And these guys, as a hockey team in that arena, draw more people on a nightly basis than the Rays do. Um, and they play, what, 40, maybe 41 dates in a year and the uh, half of what the Major League Baseball team does. I just think the appropriate boutique ballpark, boutique meaning I have like a twenty five to 30,000 seat stadium with like the most, the coolest uh, amenities possible. Um, somewhere in, in the St. Pete on the water, I mean, in Tampa on the waterfront, makes the most sense in the world to me. Some And also on the side that if you're coming from Orlando, it's not as tedious to get to the ballpark. So these things matter, but I, I love Tampa. I'm going down there in a couple of months. I'll spend the whole winter down there. I like Tampa a lot. And I'm not to say I don't like St. Petersburg. I think it's great, but it's not what everybody wants it to be. Don't leave PA. I'm in PA. I'm in like an hour and a half from you. <laughs> don't leave it. Is, I see the leaves changing. Like, Look it out the window, man. Look it out my like, window. You don't man. get it's, that. It's, you don't get that. You get palm trees and allergies down in Florida. Don't, <laughs> don't leave. Oh, yeah, oak, the mighty oak. And I got oak trees surrounding me everywhere. So in the spring, I get my butt kicked because I get bad allergies too. No, I love Pennsylvania. I love it here. Uh, this is my dirt. This is where I grew up. I feel most comfortable here. The, the mountains here are the equivalent to the beach in Newport. I mean, I this is my serenity here. Um, I think that when you're surrounded by nature, there's really no more tranquil moment. I, this morning I had wild turkey running around outside here. And a lot of times at night we'll have the deer right over here. So there's something to be said for that. It, it definitely helps the heartbeat. I want to take back to like two, two, two things you had said and kind of meld them together. The whole, the whole Barrios getting taken out. But then you also mentioning John Lester was the reason that you guys won that game mm-hmm. seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just watched a game seven. We just watched mm-hmm. a team that went up by uh they went up by i think it was seven then after the grand slam by adolis in game six 
you had a similar situation in your game and you kept Chappie in. How much of those decisions do you, A, kick yourself in the moment, B, kick yourself if you had lost, and C, were you actually reading the situations? Because if I remember it right, Hendricks got he got screwed on a sinker down for ball four and he was dealing. To me, mm-hmm. in my mind, I was thinking and I was yelling at the TV, oh my gosh, why are they taking him out right here? This could be – Joe Madden could be the MVP for the Cleveland Indians right now because they were right. not getting to him. So I know there's a lot to unpack there, but how did those decisions you know, get decided in the moment okay. but also before? Well, first of all, he had been hitting, hit hard earlier. Kyle had been, and line drive the KB got us out of a jam. Then he went through the next inning pretty well, and then here came the inning you're talking about, and it was strike three. It was called uh, ball four on Santana. And here's, here's the rub. Um, Johnny had already been warming up when he was, when he was going through a tough stretch. Um, I had already warmed up John and then started warming him up again uh, because, again, I just didn't know. I didn't know he was going to settle down at all. And uh, Rossi was down there warming him up in the bullpen. So David comes back in, and I said, how is he? And he says, as good as I've ever seen, as good as shit as I've ever seen him have. Woof. Okay, I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> and then here comes, here comes the, the, I guess it was the third time through the batting order. Here comes Santana, left-handed switch hitter. And then after that was Kipnis, and then after that was Lindor. The one reason I, uh, one of the things I wanted to try to do from John was keep him from a quote-unquote dirty inning. So had, and he was the next in line, and he was the guy, I wanted to go from Kendrick, Hendrick to John to Aroldis. That's what I wanted to do. Um, I thought that was the right way to win this game. So um, here comes Santana getting ball four, and now here comes Kipnis. Had I let Kyle pitch to um, Kipnis and he got on here comes Lindor who I wanted to hit right-handed but now I'm bringing Johnny into an absolutely filthy situation two base runners on minimum and also Kipnis had been swinging the bat well in that series and I really thought he had no chance against John let's just end it right here because again John was hot you can't keep warming somebody up and sitting him down if you're going to get utility at him so all these things are going on in your head so my the, the, the choice was based on a variety of factors um, and primarily because Kipnis is coming up, Lindor on deck. If Kyle lets Kipnis on, if he gets on, I'm going to really be concerned about bringing Johnny in with two guys on as opposed to just one Santana, who's not a threat to run. And I felt we could just play it almost straight up as though nobody was on base. You're getting that Bob's your uncle. That's the full money with all of that. And that's, that's why I made the decision at that point. I like that. That's good stuff. Love, love that. It. Well, Joe, I mean, this was awesome to get to catch up with you. Obviously, uh, rooting for you if you want to get back in the manager game. But otherwise, it's really nice to hear you talk about this stuff, too, in the jobs that you have on your pod um, and oh, joining cool, us man. here. So it was great catching well, listen, up you guys with you. Are... Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is great. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, see, when moments like this permit me to stay present with everything that's going on. And like you said, if, in fact, I do want to get back in or First of all, somebody has to want me to get back in in order to get to that to that point. Um, again, with the right set of circumstances, I think by next spring I'll be absolutely ready to do something. I'm not going to deny it. I've enjoyed this year as much as any. Uh, <laughs> my God, I've had a, my whole year's been an off season. I've been playing golf nearly every day. Outside of a little case of sciatic, I got to get an epidural in a couple of days. Other than that, it's been pretty fun, man. I'm able to do what I want to do. I just bought a firehouse up in Wilkes-Barre to store some vehicles. I'm going to fix that all up. 
um, really cool stuff, like fun stuff that you don't normally get a chance to do or get a couple of months to do in the wintertime. So, uh, however, you can only do that for so long. And um, I know I got a lot left in the tank, but it's got to be with the right dance partner. But again, the right dance partner has to like me first. I can't, regardless of whoever I like, that that person's got to like me first in order to really have an opportunity. So we'll see what happens. But yes, I think by next spring, uh, the juices will be flowing pretty strongly. All right, I have a, this one just came up. I just thought of it last night. I mean, I just thought of it from last night. Okay. You had Chappie. You know how that brain works and how he how he goes after it. Mm-hmm. Yes or no, did he throw at Chaz McCormick to get back for his two hit-by-pitches from his other teammates? Well, first of all, I didn't see that. I honestly oh, did not see it. I, I didn't see it, but, but I mean. You know him. Yeah, I know him. Uh, I would never accuse him of – I really wouldn't. I mean, I don't think during yeah. the time I had him that it was really a concern that he ever went headhunting on anybody or tried to reciprocate. However, say, having said that, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, based on what had happened, uh, the way Garcia was hit the other day, and then the denial, even though it was true. I mean, all this stuff. Um, you know, at that some point, it's kind of safe for him. The lead was perfect, right? Um, and if he if it's a professional hit, it's not really high up on the body, but it's lower. There's you know nobody's really going to dispute it very uh, strongly. So. Um, I'm not saying he did, but I wouldn't doubt it. But I did not see it. Yeah, yeah. It was in Again, the hamstring. Got yeah. him in the hamstring. It was, was well, per- perfect. Pick out a thigh, man. In that situation, pick out a thigh, and everything's done. We're good. We're even. And it was the hardest pitch. That. And it was Pardon? the hardest pitch in the year of his of his season too. Was it really? One hundred four. One hundred three point nine or something. <laughs> that's an FM station, but he just yanked it. He yanked it. That's all he did. <laughs> that I would defend the fact that he might have yanked it because I don't know if like you're going to go after somebody you're going to go with the you know your top dog all year that would be kind of uh, he might have just yanked it I didn't see it though it, yeah and the game was over essentially so yeah there, that's there what I'm were, saying we're yeah you're good to go yeah, yeah good to go. there were a lot of signs towards it so fair yeah, well yeah, Joe you're yeah. welcome anytime this was awesome appreciate you uh, we'll be interested to follow the off season. No, absolutely. I, honestly, ask me anytime. Uh, this helps me a lot, quite frankly. Uh, so I enjoy it. And um, best to all you guys. Wish you best best of luck with this with your show. I think it's cool. And again, just let me know. I'm always here. Cheers. We appreciate you. Thank Cheers, you, guys. Joe. You that too. Means okay. a lot. Be well. Have Be a well. good rest Thank of the you, day. Guys. You too, man. Bye. Thank you. Be well. Bye. Be well. Joe Madden with us live on FT. That was awesome. It was great to catch up with Joe. I feel like we got to say namaste when we're done. Yeah. No, you know what I would do? Um, And, you know, we just, I don't want to take up too much more time, but when I would go in there for the manager meetings before calling a game, because probably had maybe five or six of those with Joe, good wine talk, you know, just learning, just education. What do you got? What makes it special, right? What's on the desk? What are you having after the game or, you know, if you get tossed, what are you having during the game? So (laughs) I enjoyed that. You know, it was like a genuine, good educational experience. Joe, like he mentioned, has a lot of hobbies and interests and he was able to play those out. And then I would not be surprised if he gets to manage a ball club um, by spring of next year. So it seems like he's definitely got his sights set. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to hire him. That's what I would tell teams. Don't Mm -hmm. be afraid of somebody who cares about winning and is able to put that out there. Because I think sometimes we talk about all the time. Managers, I mean, general managers, they don't really care about winning as much. Some, some, I think the good ones do.